Welcome to the Meet Hope podcast, where we have conversations about faith and hope. Hope is one church made of people living out their faith through two expressions, in person and online. We believe a hybrid faith experience can lead to a growing influence in our community and our world for the sake of others. Welcome to Hope. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Meet Hope Podcast. My name is Andrew Barber, and I am your host today. And uh, today we have a guest. We have Libby Bauman with us. Libby, thanks so much for hanging out. I'm glad to be here. Well, uh, before we get started, why don't you just uh, talk a little bit about yourself for those of you. So Libby is in the worship team. She is a fantastic bass player. Um, she plays piano. She plays guitar. She's kind of like the, I, I'm pretty sure if I said, Hey Libby, would you play drums next week? You'd figure it out. That's oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Between now and then. I would. Yeah. That, that is, that is you too. <laughs> yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, a little bit about your family. Yeah. Just, just give us a, give us a synopsis real quick. Okay. Um, I'm married to Jim. Mm-hmm. We met in architecture school. We have three sons who are grown up. Um, they brought three delightful women into our lives and um, I started as an architect with the federal agency that takes care of federal buildings. It's the government's landlord. So no um, joke. That's serious work. Oh, no, it's serious work. Oh. I worked there for 40 years, as you know. Yeah. I retired. Yes, that was yes. Gonna, I was going to say that. That, yes. is, that was the – I felt like there was a countdown clock in the worship It uh, was. Area. I had one on my, on my, on my phone for that, a long time. Yes. Awesome. And then so when did you start at Hope? Like how long have you been here? Yeah, where what was your what's your Hope origin story? Uh let's see. Uh we came the first time to see Tony Campolo, special speaker, mm-hmm. speak. Um and we came back a couple of years later. So like 25 years ago we've so been here. Basically just yesterday. You're, yeah, just yeah. the day before. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. So, um yeah, like we said, you play music. When when did music start for you? When did you start playing music? Um, my father was a pastor. Mm-hmm. He had been in one too many churches where there was no piano player. <laughs> so he swore that his daughters would learn to play. And I started piano um, when I was eight. I was smitten, and I still play. And, yeah. Nice. It's been great. That's cool. So I... I always, I always am curious to know who was like the influence of the per, of how you started music. So it sounds like it's your dad. Were there any other people that kind of kept you going along the way, or are you like right from the back, just like nope, I'm I'm all in. Yeah, I was all in. Mm, um, and did you have a good teacher? I did. Nice. Uh, I had Mrs. Bolton. Mm-hmm. I think she's still, still out there in the world somewhere. Say. Yeah. And then, how did you get involved with worship music at, at the church? I mean, you, yeah. How did how did that happen? Um, well, I started playing some other instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, you play a bunch, or you? And I know you have a bunch. Do you have yeah. a? Can you list off your instruments that you have? I certainly can. I have a mandolin, yep. a banjo, mm-hmm. a requinto, which is a classical guitar, small soprano. Um, I have a dulcimer. And I played the church organ at some other churches. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, church organ scares me with the feet and the hands. And, yeah. uh, it's an intimidating thing. But that's pretty cool that you can 
that's awesome. That with all my yeah. So then, so yeah, so sorry. Go back. So you were so you started playing at church with the, another. What was your first instrument that you started? First playing? instrument was piano. Very cool. I started the guitar not long after that. Nice, nice. And now you play. I mean, I feel like Libby, you play bass like every other week. I yeah. I started the bass about twenty years ago, that's and amazing. you know why? It's because no one else played it. That's, I have a very similar origin story for me that I got handed a bass one time. I played guitar and they said, Hey, Andrew, you need, I was like 14 years old. Hey, you need to play bass next Sunday because our bass player is going to college. And I said, Okay. And I, yeah, that is so funny that we just kind of just get something put in your lap. And then, I mean, that changed my world. They oh, sort yeah. of that. So that's, that's about pretty- 20 minutes. 20 minutes later, about, you know, three or four other people showed up who could play the bass. So that was the end of my, you know. Well, you're back. Quartered that market. I love yeah. It. Well, what, so what type of music, not, and not just not speaking specifically church music, but like what type of music would you say speaks to you the most? Um, my first crush was the Carpenters. Great first crush. That's, <laughs> that's a good place to be. I, I loved them in, like, the 7th and the 8th grade. And the, the thing that got me there was the tight vocals, mm-hmm. the piano, of course, and then the other instruments, like, yeah. starting them. I'm willing to take apart mm-hmm. what they were doing. That was... I always appreciate a musician when you say, like, what's your favorite? And they can always give you a really good reason. Where someone that just, like, just loves music is like, well, just makes me feel a certain way. But yeah. I, I, too, that there are certain bands that I really love, and it's for a very specific reason. And, you know, that they, you know, the lyricalness and the way that they play. So that's, that's pretty cool. Has your music love, like, so you said your first crush was your Carpenters. Do you still feel the same way about the Carpenters now that you do back then? Or has it kind of evolved and your music taste has it changed over the years um my attraction to them partly was that they were a small ensemble group and the albums that i had growing up were like peter paul and mary Mm -hmm. um the fifth dimension the seekers i had a pointer systems album Mm -hmm. uh, manhattan transfer the weavers so some of those kind of folky but also tight kind of what is it about just music? And and I ask I love asking musicians this question, but like what is it about music that there's something so un you can't even describe, you know, what music does to a person, but like what is it about music that like just it's it's a lifelong passion you've had, but what is that that, that that's been the thing that's kept you going and kept your music for as long as you have? Yeah. So the way I view the world, mm-hmm. my sort of obsession with the world is what are the parts? How do they make up the whole? Mm-hmm. And for me, music is um, a cohesive whole of integrated parts. So it really scratches that itch for me in a way that you know your ears kind of side, they kind of bypass your brain, right? So That's such an architectural response yes, to that question. Is. That's really interesting. I love that. And then I guess in the same way, so – Music as an expression of faith. Like when we are playing at church on a Sunday morning, we're not just playing for the fun of it. We have a, a job in mind, and that's to lead the congregation in worship. But what, what for you personally, um, how is music an expression of your faith? Like what do you use music to, to get closer to God? Or like what, are, what is that? Um, yeah, what is, what is music for you as it relates to your faith? I guess is the question okay. I'm asking. Yeah. Um, I think from the beginning of the church, the, we've always used music to understand more about God and to give voice to what our relationship with God is. Mm-hmm. 
you know, generations of people have learned theology from the church. Um, in my faith tradition, hymns were a really big deal, and I learned a lot about God mm-hmm. from from hymns. Um, you like to say that the power of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, a place that you know that fits. I was thinking about some songs that we've done recently that you know give examples of that. So mm-hmm. um, Phil Wickham's song "Living Hope." Yeah, that's a great song. It's it's like a song. It tells what God did to bring us back to himself. Can I just, like, read a, you know? Go for it, yeah. Okay. So, how great the chasm that lays between us, how high the mountain I could not climb. We were separated from God Mm -hmm. by sin. Um, In desperation, I turned to heaven. I called out to God. Mm -hmm. Um, through, uh, Through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. He rescued me. Yeah. Uh, The work's finished. The end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope, Christ's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, that was our path back. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that, like, I could read I could read a scripture that says that. Oh, yeah. But but for me, and this is this is a me thing, I don't, this might not be true for everyone, that when I sing it, there's something that, because I'm using, like, I'm using my ears, I'm using my brain, I'm using my vocal, like, it is a multi-sensory thing that, like, I am connecting to it in a different way. Yes. You reference that something that I say a lot is, that, you know, I, I say that we're going to share the gospel, and I, and I talk about it, and I say to the worship team that we're going to um, we're gonna preach the gospel with, with everything that we are. So not just in our words, but in our actions, our attitudes, and our deeds. And, and that's an obscure concept, but, like, when we sing— we portray this sort of surrender to God because I think that part of the gospel is this sort of surrendering to uh, to our salvation and the promise that He has from us, yeah. and um, that we can we can sort of illustrate a surrender in the way that we worship. So sometimes when we raise hands, um, we're doing that as in the sort of like we're reaching out to God. It's not a it's not a parlor trick. It's not just it's 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 a response. So I I love that, and I love that using that song as a great example. That the the first part, and then the second, the chorus. You know, Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Yeah. Like that's the proclamation that we're kind of we're singing to. I'm singing to somebody else. Hey, God set me free, and I want I want you to hear about this. He's yeah. my living hope. Um, I would say that one of the songs we're going to do this week. Um, I thank God, mm-hmm. Maverick City. That's like. The Paul on the road to Damascus experience, <laughs> yeah. right? He picked me up, he turned me around, changed my name, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I th- and I think that and that song, it's it's a great tune by Maverick City. That song, not only you know the, specifically those words you did, he picked me up, he turned me around. Like I, when I sing that and I play it, I have this visual image and experience of like. Yeah, like that. It, it means so much more than when I just say it. That sometimes, like when I'm singing it, I literally want to like spin around because it's this sort of I'm putting on my new self as you know as I'm as I'm singing this kind of this reminder. So I I agree. I think that's such a great. I love that song. The congregation loves that song. But it, there's something for me that when I lead it, I I get something very personal out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. That's really cool. That's that's really cool. I like that. Um. So. What so so you just talked about some of the songs that you kind of like and you responded to. Are there music? Is there music today that you find that like that really speaks to you or that you feel like in your own personal time that we that you get stuff out of? Like what kind of music are you listening to when you're not preparing for a Sunday morning? Um I'm listening to 
modern hymns. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to um, some of the older narrative yeah. songwriters. I'm thinking about um, Keith and Kristen Getty, mm-hmm. who were modern hymn writers. Um, I have uh, Phil Wickham, Amy Grant. Mm-hmm. You know, I have folks like that. It is interesting. Phil Wickham is a—he's a modern day hymnist, like, and it he is totally, yeah. And it and to to his detriment sometimes because I feel like he writes is very there. Are, he he has a couple of songs that are like Living Hope that are mm-hmm. that are. It's a modern day it's hymn, very and, beefy, and it, it is. But it's still he makes it so accessible. And what about playing in a band? Because I, I think that's something I, I love playing with music. To, with others, and you know, we were talking about it before we started. Even that, what what about in a in a live setting when you're playing with a group of people? Like, what what is special about that for you? I'm listening to. I mean, obviously, the meaning of the music, but the layers down from that. I'm listening to the vocals and how mm-hmm. they go together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a mix of layers and harmony, mm-hmm. and then sort of a counterpoint that the instruments play. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, to me, I mean, I was just, before you got here today, I was in my office and I was practicing for tonight. And uh, there is something like, I'm like, okay, this is fun. I enjoy this. But I was very much so like, oh, I need to stop what I'm doing because I want to finish this thought when I'm with other people. Yeah. Because I had this idea, but I was like, I don't want to flesh it out too much. I'd rather flesh it out in a group. But I mean, I know you pretty well. And I I would say that you are more of an introvert. So I, I think that where you recharge is... When you're alone, I mean, is that mm-hmm. fair to say that that you you know you va- you value your alone time, you value that time? But what is it about? Because I know for me, playing in a group does things, and I think you're the same way. That I can't necessarily get on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, what about that for you? Is it's just an interesting dichotomy that I really do see you getting so filled when we're playing in a community together. Yeah. Um, it's the community is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And then what I was saying before, how that sort of bypasses your conscious brain. And yeah, then, yeah one of the things I like about um, band and, and what we're doing right now, I feel like people should see somebody on the platform who's worshiping like they are, mm-hmm. you know, and it gives them permission to, I don't know, twirl or jump like, uh, like you do mm-hmm. or like me stand yeah. in the back. Yeah. I'm feeling what I'm feeling, but I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. People would, yeah. No, I, I, I'm going to jump, and they're going to totally freak out. Yeah, that would be. That's, <laughs> and I think I think, and that's something that as a worship team we talk a lot about that we are often modeling the worship stance, and that yeah. and that it, we're not all doing it the same way. Not everybody worships how I worship or how you worship, you know, and that there's somewhere yeah. in between, and and that that through line that of community, like when we worship in a community, we're. A, we're worshiping together, which is really cool, but we're also worshiping in different ways, but we're worshiping the same God. Yeah. And I think that there's really power in that. That I always love to say that God created each and every one of us differently and 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 we're all unique, but also at the same time he knows every single hair on every single one of our mm-hmm. heads. Yeah. And like what a powerful God. That that God is big enough to and smart enough to create us all as individuals so that we all have our unique experiences, but can use each and every one of us. And yeah. and that, that his, your experiences versus my experiences versus Susie's experiment mm-hmm. experiences versus Chris, like all of those people, like we all come together and we create something greater than the sum of our own parts. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool. 
Well, I mean, before we get out of here today, is there any, we were just talking about music and, and your love for music. Are there any, any music recommendations that you'd like to share with who's listening today? Uh, well, the folks I mentioned before, mm-hmm. I like the Gettys. They're yeah. like, um, you know, in the yeah. buying album yeah. stage. I with love them. that. Yeah. Um, Amy Grant, my secret crush. Um, Bill Wickham. It doesn't have to be a secret crush. It can be a public crush. She was kind of had a bubblegum stage, mm-hmm. you know, but she's well past that yeah. now. Yeah. Nicole Norderman. Mm-hmm. I like her a lot. Um, I listen to early pentatonic sometimes, you know, the same kind of harmony thing. Nice. Yeah. I like the Martins and other Christian kind of country. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out. And yeah. Well, thanks for hanging out with us and listening to the Meet Hope podcast. Um, If this is your first time listening, uh, thanks for coming. And please uh, share with your friends. uh, Get the word out there. Uh, We love making these and we love being able to share it with everyone else. Have a great week. Thanks for being a part of the Hope community as we continue our conversations about faith and hope. If you don't already, please join us for worship on Sundays or on demand. You can learn more at meethope.org or find us on socials at Meet Hope Church.